Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast, where it is my job to break down the stories and the moments that changed people's lives, and also have a little bit of fun in the process. And on today's episode, I have my great friend, Ethan Libros. Now, this is a special episode because I've been wanting to have Ethan on for a long time now. We actually started a DJ company together when I was 17 and he was 16. Um, And that was kind of the start of my DJing journey and uh, the start of running a business, to be honest. It was, you know, the first business that that I ever ran and that he ever ran. And uh, we came from humble beginnings in that respect. And it was just really cool to, you know, to start there. And we had no idea what it was going to become. And this is kind of a check-in to see where we're at now and he's done some crazy things he's been on the news he started a company to help uh, college students as well which has been growing uh, that's a nonprofit. he's written a book or two I think at this point uh, we go into it all on the show but uh, just really an amazing person and uh, an amazing episode right here and as you know our sponsor is sodabeats.com the easiest and best way to make beats online if you've ever thought about uh, you know making a beat a hip-hop beat and you didn't know where to start well soda beats is the best freeway uh especially in that respect to start making beats online so once again sodabeats.com shout out to mike moore the founder of that company who we have had on this podcast and once again this is bobcast another episode with my friend ethan libros ladies and gentlemen we are back with another another episode man i butchered that one dog see Derek fry the other day yeah he said something about his. He was like, "How does my hair look?" Yeah, and then he was like, "All right, let's redo it." Yeah, I'm like, no, we don't do that. This is real life, man. Like, we're not out here just editing so it's per. Like, it's a podcast, you yeah. know. Like when you're recording a video or something, maybe that's a different thing. But uh, back, you know, on the podcast for the first time, we got Ethan Libros out here. The man, he does he does many things. Every time that I see him, he's like, "Oh, I'm working on this thing. I'm doing this thing. I'm helping these children in this country or something." So. Um, we got a lot to talk about, man. And, like, honestly, we go pretty far back, you know? Yeah. And uh, to a place where we just kind of just did something on a whim, and it was a lot of fun. And that was some... what. So we had a DJ company, and I used that as reference in so many things, so many podcasts, yeah. so many just people that I tell this story to when we talk about just really not even knowing not having no limitations you know just because like nobody told us we could do that Mm -hmm. you know at all yeah i think what happens is a lot of people like wait for someone to come in and say you have permission i think what you have to do especially when you're young is kind of have the courage to just go out there and start doing something um and i think that's what definitely separated us um and it's something yeah I learned a lot from I think you learn a lot from starting your own business and kind of just getting out there in the weeds and, and just doing it. And being so, what they call in other professions, green, just being green, being so new yeah. that you almost, you don't know what you're not good at yet. So yeah. you just kind of do it. But you actually came to me with the idea. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, it's hard for me to remember exactly I, how. That's it. how I remember it. I'm not saying yeah. that that's how it was, but um, that's how I remember it because we were playing soccer. Yeah. And you had the idea. I think you already had the equipment and stuff too. I'm trying to remember exactly like what came first, but how it started for me at least is... Um, my first job 
as soon as I turned 14, I think that's the legal working age, uh, I was thinking about like how can I get a job? Doesn't have to be anything special. Um, and I used to play hockey. So the first thing that came to mind was the hockey rink I used to work at. Um, so I started there. I started doing like running parties for kids, <laughs> which was a lot of fun, teaching kids how to skate. Um, and then like I was working as the skate guard or you just have to run around if everyone you were that guy. Yeah, I was that guy. <laughs> so if anyone falls down, you have to ask if they're okay. Uh, to be prepared with you gotta something. laugh at it i mean <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it was a lot of fun so that because i just spent so much time there um i guess the moment came and i'm like they didn't have a dj on friday night so i just asked them uh is it okay if i dj um and kind of, i think it kind of just all started there um so i kind of just fell in love with it w was that before or after the weren't you doing making instrumentals on youtube um, was that before that was or probably after when, that? That was probably when I was like 13. Yeah, so you kind of did a little music. I, yeah. I guess the thing was my parents have always like wanted me to get into music. I Because you have like, the drum set and the... Yeah. yeah, I think that's what happens to like a lot of kids. Is <laughs> like that your parents try to push you into something that you're going to fall in love with. And nothing really stuck for me for a while. Um, I tried piano, um, but then I tried the drums. Um, and then slowly, yeah, I guess I transitioned to making a little bit of music. I wasn't that great at it. Um, what I really, what it came down to is I really loved um, interacting with people, uh, talking to people. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, where the DJ idea was born. And you had that opportunity with the, fun, with the uh, you know, ice rink. Yeah. And that was your kind of little start and it was like a no pressure start which is pretty good it's not like you're on stage with like hundreds yeah. of people or it's not like people are even know that there's a dj there like they see the person but when they just walk in and they hear music it's not like they're thinking like oh i wonder who the dj is like yeah. it's kind of just somebody that plays music but then that gave you an opportunity to kind of be a dj for the first time yeah and looking back it's it's crazy because i had like a lot of like imposter syndrome uh, and it's funny looking back, um, but I was probably, yeah, like 15, um, and there were at times like 150 probably people in the rink. So at 15 years old, it felt like I had a lot of responsibility, yeah. even though it was just music. Um, so I learned a lot from that, for sure. So how many times did you do that until you made it more of a thing? Um so that probably started when I was like 15, 16. I'm trying to think. Then I, I guess we kind of uh, picked the speed up a little bit. I think what like, happened was you had this idea of like actually being a DJ, like a DJ DJ, like yeah. showing up, doing the equipment, not just being in the ice rink. I didn't really know about the ice rink thing. I knew about it later because you actually had me like fill in for you and I actually did some DJing at the ice rink too. Yeah. But I this is how I remember it. You came to me and you told me the situation. You were like, "I have the equipment." Yeah. Like if you can do the mic and like drive us to the gigs. Yeah. Because you couldn't drive yet. Oh really? Yeah. Because when you think about it, you <laughs> yeah. couldn't. Because I was that's right like yeah. seventeen. Do you know what I had my mom my mom doing? I remember this one case. So what I would do is I would, I think I must have been advertising through like Facebook or maybe Thumbtack. Um, I remember like the first time I was meeting with the client, I was like 16 years old or 15 years old. I had my, it was at a coffee shop and I had uh, my mom drop me off around the corner 
so so no one would know that I got dropped off by my mom. Then I walked like the block, block and a half, uh, with my like not my briefcase, but I had like a folder, had a contract to sign. Um, I met with the the parent and maybe her daughter, um, and I felt just like <laughs> I felt really out of place. But um, for yeah, for some reason or another, I guess they trusted me. But you, they didn't, I mean, they just thought you were the DJ, I mean, right? I mean, they probably knew this kid's pretty young, but I yeah. mean, you probably, you, you, you got the gig, you know? Yeah, I don't know what they were, what they were thinking. And I don't know at that point, but I like, know, what like. Were, what were these people? Hire this 16-year-old uh, kid to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, how many events have you done? Three? Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have, I give credit to them, too, for, like, believing in people who are young. And I think. Yeah, I low I owe a lot of that a low I owe a lot of that trust to other people who like I think believed in us, you know? Um and were willing to like pay some money for it. I will say this. We it's not like we didn't know what we were doing. I do sometimes say that, but I don't really mean it in the full yeah. way of we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we didn't know. So we had not been to enough events to know what to do in certain situations. Yeah. We knew how to DJ. We knew how to be on the mic. Was it great? Probably not. You know, was the, you know, was the every word we said, was it so elegant and like, it probably yeah. not, you know, and every transition. No, it wasn't. But we did it. Yeah. And just to give some context for for those listening out there, um, we we kind of, I think we like... We made it pretty far. Like, we were doing quinceañeras. We did a lot. We were doing Sweet Sixteens. Uh, we even did uh, different school school events. So this is the this is our website, right? And this is this is our events, man. Like, we... It was lit. Yeah, so we did some house parties there. Um, so it was really a lot of fun. Um, oh, remember that one? Yeah. Where the... <laughs> Anthony, I still follow him. Oh, really? Yeah, he was a, he's a rapper. Yeah. That was the whiteout, man. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So we so you there there's and the man see, i'm probably like 16 in that picture yeah i'm surprised this website is still oh hey wait just keep scrolling just keep scrolling hey what up hey what's good um <laughs> man that was funny and manda too yeah oh my god dream team dude and so we you start i guess we start doing this and we either took your dad's truck and then we had the van yeah with the van to, I think it was like four hundred dollars or something. Yeah, the van was like six hundred bucks or whatever. And then we had my dad's. I use my dad's truck sometimes. We just you. We had something to use. Yeah. And we just kind of like no real like supervision. We just did it, you know. Yeah. And it was so much fun, and it kind of made me like what kind of what you said too is it makes you realize like you can kind of do anything that you want to do like if you say like oh, i'm gonna be a dj like yeah you started like doing yeah. the ice rink and stuff but you could have just stopped there yeah like you could have just stopped there and said well i'm not i don't know how to you know do a live events yeah. or do this or do that yeah look looking back like there's so many examples um where like i think a lot of people in my position would have waited as I said before, waited for permission uh, before getting started. But like in high school, I did like at the same ice rink, I hosted like a fundraiser uh, to benefit like the American Cancer Society. And we had maybe like 400 people come or something like that, something crazy. Um, but like it took initiative to have to like even being young, uh, going out there and like asking my boss, can I can I run something like this? Would you be willing to donate some funds? Um, so I, if I'm like thinking about like a common thread in um, 
not even like I guess just different things I've done where I'm really happy with it was those those times when I really got out of my comfort zone um, and was willing to take the risk I'm just wondering why people stop or why people don't do the thing you know and it, it, I think it's like a lot of fear do you think yeah I think it's a lot of fear but um I think I have like some really good role models in my life so I think that plays a significant role. Um, so if I ever had a question, maybe I'd go to my brother or my dad and I'd ask them. So I think what holds a lot of people back is that they don't have those role models in their life. Um, so I think that's a big thing. I guess it's overcoming fear. Um, I'm trying to think. I still get scared doing some events. Yeah. And like I've been doing this for a long time now. And like, at, so I'll give the context of like, you know, we did it for however long we did a couple of years. Or, yeah. And then I stopped for maybe like two years or three. Yeah. And then I started to do it again in the last three, two or three years. And man, I've done a lot of events. I've done, you know, probably 100, 200 events and like 30, 40 weddings or whatever. And I still get, you know, maybe in the form of nerves. It's mm -hmm. not really that I'm scared of what's going to happen. I'm more, yeah. it's more like, but it's still like a little bit of that fear, you know? And that yeah. kind of, that little anxiety, like so, some people run away from it and then mm -hmm. some people just let it kind of, you yeah. kind of have to embrace it a little bit. I think another thing now that like I got you talking a little bit or you got me talking uh, is that I think it's like what it comes down to is like resiliency. So there's a podcast by NPR that's called How I Built This. Um, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I may have listened to a couple yeah. of them. Um, and uh, Guy Ross. I think that's his Guy name. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like an NPR podcast. Yes. And yeah. They've had this on. They've had it on the radio. He's been he's on the yeah. radio for him. Yeah. Got I'm pretty it. sure. Yes. Um, so he interviews like entrepreneurs. Um, and I think something that he mentions repeatedly and what he's like observed in them uh, is like the character trait of like resiliency. So if someone says no, you go to the next person and ask. If someone says no, you go to the next person and ask. So I think, especially when you're young, especially when you're young and you go to someone in that vulnerable state and you ask them, I guess for, I don't know, to like take a Give risk you with a you chance, and yeah. they say no, you feel like you're crushed, you know? Um, so I think, being resilient is really important yeah 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 resilient yeah and that and within that is kind of that abundance mindset of there's always another person like there's 300 and something million people in this country you know it's like you kind of if you look at it like this person turned me down yeah that was all i wanted well then that's then that's as far as you're going to get but if you look at it as this person turned me down they're not the right person yeah. Then you're gonna keep. You're gonna have a lot different uh, results. You know. Yeah, and I think it's hard when you put in a lot of work too, and someone says no. So like, with this, I know we're gonna talk about it later, but with the with the nonprofit stuff, there's a lot of different opportunities and grants that I've applied to, and I've spent hours writing these essays, like hours. I've been like talking to people, having people edit them. Um, and then I get a no. And you feel like you wasted like 10 hours writing this. Um, but I think all of it was like building up to something really good. Um, 
So I think, yeah, I think it comes down to like <laughs> being resilient. Yeah, and keeping you kinda, even when people say no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like you had the idea of the like you did have the DJ idea. Like it was your idea. It wasn't like I was a part of it, but you know we played roles in it. But it was really your like you decided who got paid and how much you charge and all that stuff. Like that was all you. So. <laughs> you know that um and then that's been kind of a thread for you i feel like you kind of just do you just do things you don't have to worry about other people doing them like i know we're not going to go into your book like too far your first book but even that (laughs) yeah that's the same thing nobody another thing where like you didn't need anybody to write that yeah you know i I appreciate that i don't know what it is because i feel like i definitely come from like a place of privilege too so I think everything I do, it's not just me, you know? I feel like I have a whole, like, village lifting me up. Um, so I have a lot of people to thank, especially you. Like, I, if there weren't people like you, like, to support me early on, you know what I mean? I wouldn't probably have, like, done anything. Well, I felt like you were supporting me, too, really? at the same okay. time. Yeah, man, because, like, I felt, well, I was older than you, but it, yeah. you were also doing things that I hadn't done before. Yeah. Like, you put me in the position for me to kind of go and you know create it no no that's really good to hear did i like act professionally (laughs) like i don't yeah even though i was like young you know yeah well for you like for me i think i was a little more like um i don't know how do i put it you were the more professional and kind of you were the guy where like what where i could go what do we do yeah this is going happening you know and i and you kind of just told me hey just go just do it like say what you got to say do what you got to do and then if something happens i was just going to go back to you and be like what do we do you know so like we that was a balance that we had you know it wasn't like you were we were both doing the same thing because we weren't because we're completely different people you know yeah i'm just wondering like i I want i don't know if i ever took the time to like reflect on that experience you know do some deep soul searching (laughs) uh so i don't I'm trying to think, like, like what did I do wrong? What can I learn from, you know? Well, probably it's the only things that we did wrong were, were just what we didn't know yet. Yeah. Like, we, the the things that you could, quote, quote, unquote, say were wrong were just us being ambitious. It's not like, yeah. it's just a pro- product of ambition when you go into something and tell people you can do it, not yeah. really knowing how you're going to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's just the, the results of that are things are going to happen that you don't know how to react to, you know? Yeah. But I don't think there's anything actually blatantly wrong that we did, you okay. know? Well, like, if somebody looked, if yeah. I was in the position I am now, yeah. like, been a DJ for a while, like, done what I do now, yeah. and looked at one of our events, I would have had a two pages of notes. Yeah, yeah. But if the, but the kids were dancing, right? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you did your we did the job, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So... There's something. I mean, there's maybe, but yeah. I kind of look back on it more of just a growth experience, you know, yeah. and just the fact that, like you said, we learned a lot, man. Yeah, we learned a lot. Responsibility. Yeah, you know, and honestly, I don't think we had any parents. There might have been some parents that were like that one quinceanera, like yeah, maybe they weren't thrilled about our whole thing, but there was no like there. What I'm saying is there might have been gigs <laughs> where we didn't. Do, where it could have been better, like yeah. they would have had suggestions. But I think for the most part, everything we did people were pretty happy with yeah because it's not like first of all we weren't charging a lot of money yeah for what we were doing and the equipment that we had like for what we charge now for the company i work for what i would charge by myself we weren't charging a lot of money you know so it's not they kind of when you so we set it you kind of set it up like that you know it's not like you were over we were you know under delivering 
based mm-hmm. on the price point. It's not what happened. Yeah. And I think the best feeling is seeing someone who just like loves what we do, you know? Like you've invested so much time and energy behind the scenes. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes with administrative work, emailing, back and forth. Invoices, et cetera. Invoices. Um, so at the end of the night, I don't know, when they hand you the check, it just feels so, you know what I mean? It feels so good. Because you did all that work. You did all that work and it pays off. And um, I feel like leading up to the event, I remember just being nervous because I want to do a good job. This is like their big day. Um, and I just want to, you know what I mean, give it my all. Um, so seeing, I guess, the smile on their face, seeing them like really happy with us um, was it's just like the best thing in the world that gave me the that was the spark yeah because that's when i knew when i moved down to school that i wanted to be continue djing yeah and i actually i undersold myself when i applied for the job that i have now mm-hmm. like i just told them i had some experience yeah i didn't tell them i was on the mic i didn't tell them like maybe i told them i you did the mic a couple to, a few times but like i didn't sell it as i'm a dj yeah. I didn't call myself that because I felt like, first of all, I took two or three years off or whatever. And yeah. I will tell you, man, you get rusty fast. Mm-hmm. COVID, before COVID, yeah. I was on my game. I can mix any th- song with any song. Like, I can do any announcement. I didn't have to think about it. Like, not that I'm not now, but it takes a long time to get back with DJing, yeah. man. And, like, so I kind of undersold it. But my boss still saw that I had some something. Yeah. You know, that I might have even had kind of displayed to him. Mm-hmm. And then he had me like rap in the interview and then I got it. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, it was really? like that type of stuff, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, God. yeah. But, um, so in terms of like your own life, how does, <laughs> because I'm going to dig into this because. You're digging I'm, in. I'm okay. I just got to fix this mic. Um, how, in terms of like time, right? Like how do you budget your time? Like you do mm-hmm. a lot of things, right? So it's not. I think just the education portion of your life is a large because when I hit you up and you're like, oh, I got to study. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm gonna study. Like, I don't know. Take the test. <laughs> uh, you know? yeah. I don't study. I never really. I've yeah. studied a little bit, maybe, yeah. but different lifestyle. So it's safe to say you have a ton of things to do. Plus, you have these like ambitions and like these things that you're doing on the side that just out of the willingness of your own heart and also the fact that you think it's cool. <laughs> yeah. So how do you do all those different things? You know? Yeah. Um, and let me preface things by saying some of this discipline is like to a fault. So sometimes like discipline is a good thing, but other times it holds you back. So there's been a lot of times when I budgeted my time, like a lot when I wish I didn't do that. I wish I hung out with the person. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. Um, so before I say, oh, you have to do this, 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 realize that, you know what I mean? There's costs and benefits that you have to factor in um to get into like the nitty-gritty of how i plan um so i think like planning is everything there's like this whole philosophy of what doesn't get measured doesn't get managed um so that's something i definitely subscribe to um so for example so i'm studying for the mcat right now (laughs) which i'm taking in august um, so that's a that's a monster of a test. So I have a whole uh, like spreadsheet for every single day. What is that test for? Sorry to jump in. Oh yeah, so that's for medical school. Um, so it's a seven and a half hour test, seven and a half 
hour-long test. Um, so I've been grinding away with that. Um, so it takes a day to do the whole test, you're saying? Yeah, and um, before I take the test, I'm going to probably yeah take like 12 tests as practice. <laughs> so like the average to study for that is like 300 hours, but people go up to like 600 hours. It's a monster. Um, but believe it or not, I love it so much. <laughs> like I don't I love studying for it like you think you might think I'm insane but I was I was living with my roommates this past um yeah past semester and I I would tell them like I'm I'm going and they're like you studied all day and I'm like but I love it you know <laughs> um it's just it's just a lot of fun so I think that's I know it doesn't directly relate to your question of like how do you budget your time but I think a lot of it has to do Everything you do, make sure you're enjoying it. And if you're not enjoying it, don't do it or find a way for you to make it fun. You know? That's um, important now. Yeah. Got to stop you there. Oh, pause me. Yeah. Because we can go on a whole rant about this. But I just want to say that if you look at the way, if you take one of the things that you love doing and then think about how yeah. you think about that thing, yeah, you can find a way to think about other things in the same way mm. it's not easy yeah and it doesn't work for everything yeah. but kind of what you said if it's not fun try to make it fun if you try to make it fun and it's still not fun well maybe it's not for you yeah do you see people to and i want you to keep going on that too but like do you see people in this mcat you know whatever roommates college you know people who are in your classes classmates whatever that are obviously not enjoying it like you're enjoying it and then how many of those people are there I would say the majority. The majority don't like organic chemistry, you know? And there's times when I hated it. But I reached a point even like in organic chemistry where I just loved it, you know? But did you convince yourself uh, that you loved it or did you love it, really? Or is that the same thing? Did you find so a way So, for example, I found a way to love it. So, I'll give you this one crazy esoteric example. Um, I was... I was doing like this we had to do like this research project for my organic chemistry class specifically the lab um and you could have like picked any any topic the professor is actually supposed to assign you the topic but I said hey I have this topic um it was on um anti <laughs> uh angiogenesis or angiogenesis inhibitors so basically it's like a really specific thing but it has to do with cancer metastasis um so that it's basically like drugs that prevent cancer from spreading throughout your body um so the goal of the research project was to find a drug um and learn the nitty-gritty of the synthesis of it so basically i could have been assigned something that I would have not been really interested in. Um, but instead, I went out of my way, and I'm like, I want to find something that's really interesting to me, even if it's going to take some extra work, even if I'm, even if I'm going to have to research on my own. Um, so that's just like one example, but I think there's a lot of examples where I've kind of bended the rules a little bit to find things, to make sure I'm enjoying it, you know? Um, but to answer your original question, there are so many people who hate school, um, who hate studying for these tests. Um, but, yeah, you have to find what makes you tick. 
when did you know it was the first of all what's the goal like what do you what do you want where do you want to be with all of this um oh like the big life goal <laughs> no not maybe not the what big life mean? goal profession professional yeah what profession are you you know going uh, doing all of this you know towards yeah so the goal is to become a doctor um so i'm trying to i'll take the test um i'll have a year or two before hopefully going to medical school um but oncologist or oh <laughs> i'm thinking like primary care but it, oh, okay. it could definitely you just mentioned like oh yeah cancer so i figured it could be that okay no. so probably like so with people like people yeah. on a day-to-day yeah, yeah yeah but i think back to like twisting it bending the rules a little bit um my goal is to like do something really interesting so i could theoretically um burn myself out working 60 hour 80 hour weeks um or i could mix it up a little bit so i love also something i didn't really mention too much but i really love to write um so my goal is to work as a journalist and doctor um so like three days out of the week i'd be seeing patients um the other two days i'd be traveling around the country um as like a freelance journalist for like the new yorker new york times connected like yeah so journalism or yeah the goal would be to like write about like like public health issues social justice issues um food access uh equity uh just really like interesting things like that um so that's like the dream i'm not saying that it's going to be possible i'm not saying that it's going to be easy um but that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, so I really have a, a good idea of, like, where I want to go. So I'm having a lot of fun, I guess, trying to get there, you know? Was there a moment uh, where you go, that's what I want to do? Oh, listen, your your dad is a doctor, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. was that kind of – I'm not saying he convinced you. I'm just – was that an influence then? Yeah, for sure. To where sure. it kind of made it, like, you saw it every day. So yeah. it kind of made more sense as a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I look up to my dad so much. Uh, you probably he's know. He's a great guy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the man, dude. No, I think you know that. Um, but growing up, I was actually, I was homeschooled um, until sixth grade. So part of, like, our curriculum was, like, doing community service work. Um, and then probably one day out of the week, um, I would go, like, with my dad on these house calls. So I would go with him hop in the back seat i would drive to the patient's house with him and i would see everything and that just had like such a big effect on me um and then i since i was homeschooled i spent a lot of time just running around his office you know um so i saw his patients and how much they loved him you know i went to Shoprite, and people would just call his name like he was like this you know what i mean and then just the other day so this is just another example of him going above and beyond him like having patients that just like love him so much and him like giving it his all so the other day there was a, a patient that came to his office um she she didn't really um she'd just been like um discharged from like a rehab facility and she was just coming for an appointment but she was like 85 she didn't have an appointment scheduled uh, i'm pretty sure he he saw her and then she didn't have a way to like get back to her her house he he drove her home she was hungry so he went to mcdonald's with her got her food um drove her to her house you know what i mean so it's just 
seeing like that I was definitely influenced not just you know what I mean him being the traditional doctor um, taking care of patients but how he took that to the next level um, so that's had a really a really big effect on my life um, so I, I don't know I just I really want to be a good doctor I want to be a doctor that people feel comfortable talking to um, that people really love interacting with and someone who just goes above and beyond um, so there's definitely like a lot of weight on my shoulders because I I feel like I have a lot to live up to do you think he thought you were going to be a doctor early on um yeah so I have, I have two older siblings um there was like no pressure whatsoever um for any of us <laughs> I don't know if he yeah, I think I think it was just a very low pressure environment. Well, do you think he thought uh, <laughs> he'll probably do that? Oh, yeah, I I don't know. Or did he not even think? Like, did he? What did he think you were gonna do with your life? Did he have an idea or no? I don't know. When you're DJing and you're 15, <laughs> it could will, really go. I anywhere. say your dad's a great guy. First of all, because I I know him from you know just like you know being around you and like DJing and stuff and yeah. like, him just like letting us use yeah his truck and like stuff like that. Like I just knew that like. He was down for what our our little goals, you know, yeah. that we had. So, and I and I think that, like you said, man, role models, man. Like, and who's in your life? Like, who who is like if your dad was like, you can't do that, you can't yeah. do that. Like, you shot shooting it down, dude. Like, yeah. a lot of things would be different, you know. Yeah, and I see a lot of parents doing that. So that's why I feel like I come from such a big place of privilege, you know. And I recognize that, and I battle with that. Um, because I see my friends um, who are just having to work like these minimum wage jobs to keep up to pay their student loans. Um, I see my friends really struggling. I see my friends who don't have good relationships with their parents. Who I see, I have friends who've like have parents who are abusive. Um, so knowing that I just have like the best family. Um, you know, like I really recognize that, and and I'm like extremely grateful for that, and I think that's what's pushing me because I feel like, like I've been given this life, and I really have to make the most of it. Not to be like so deep, but like that's I just have this huge drive, because um, I know there's a lot of kids who don't get this opportunity. You know, do you feel like sometimes there you could do more, or do you usually <laughs> think like I did a lot? No, there's, I'm always trying to do more, you know, I have this whole, back to like you asked about organization, so I just, you have to check out, um, it's called Notion, have you heard of it? I use it every, almost every day, yeah. You use Notion, I've really? been using Notion for, it comes over, from like, the, over I think years. a lot of the people in, in like the UK use it, so that's how I heard about it. I, uh, worked for a digital startup marketing company, okay. so we, everything was in there. Yeah, so I, yep, this there is it. it is, um, so... I have my like journals on there. Okay, so you use this personal. See, I just use it for business. I don't. Oh. I actually did take my college course notes in it. Though. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, one class. I did. I did. So I've honestly, I just started using this to... for people who want to understand what this is. It basically, Google Docs on steroids, kind of. It's like like if Google Docs did everything. They call it. So there's people that call it like it, you can make like a life operating system. So if you think about just. I guess the power of having something where you can just like control 
and organize go to, everything. Trent, go to one of those notes and docs or something like that. It might just have an example of like kind of what it is. It's uh, it it's honestly a, maybe. Oh yeah, keep going. Okay, yeah. So just for <laughs> because I love I know yeah. the power of it, but people don't understand yeah. what it really is. It really is what you said. It's you couldn't organize. It doesn't matter life, business, and it's not like it's just notes. It's it's tasks. It's your calendar. It's it's, uh, it's Kanban uh, boards. If you don't know yeah. what a Kanban board, look it up. It's you know. Yeah, I've heard it's, of it. Yeah. Uh, what is it? A uh, project management and supply chain and stuff like that. But you, you basically can have your entire. You could have anything you want in there and then organize it efficiently. Yeah. So it's not like Google Docs where. There's not even like folders, really, you know, yeah. and and there's not there's not a format for different types of documents and things like that. No, I forgot where I was going with that. You were going th with the kind <laughs> of like managing your time, and then you yeah yeah were talking about Notion. Yeah, so yeah, I just I just started Notion. Oh, so you just started using it? Yeah, just like two weeks ago. I've seen it. I've seen an entire like I don't want to say million dollar company because they're in a fucking hole. Yeah, they were in debt like a motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, what could have been a yeah. multi-million dollar company um, on Notion, like the entire company. Yeah, wow. Was in there. I'm yeah. talking passwords. I'm talking employees. I'm talking client facing. Yeah. External marketing plan, like everything. Oh yeah, yeah. And then simple stuff in Google Docs. Yeah. Like shareable stuff that you need. That's yeah. like super simple. But I've seen entire companies in there. I've seen people use it. No, it's but that's it. And then I'm building. I'm building this little this business. You know, I say yeah. little business, but it's kind of like, kind of becoming a little crazy. But um, and I go, I have no organization because I have website UI UX designer. I have a project yeah. manager. I have a, a ads person. Yeah. I have me. I have clients. I have this and that. And yeah. I'm like, I need to organize all this stuff and then be able to add people to certain parts yeah. of it. So I thought Slack was amazing until I saw Notion. Mm -hmm. So definitely check it out. I just remembered where I was going with it before. You said, do you feel like you still want to do like more? And I have like a bucket list now like on, on, on Notion. Um, and I just always am listing out like new crazy, crazy goals. And there's a lot of... Um, I forgot what it, I think it's called like the law of attraction or something. I'm sure you've heard of it. I don't know if it has to be that like, um, what's the word? Like, I don't know, but there is something to it. Like I was thinking like hippie, you know, hippie dippy. Yeah. Hippie dippy. Oh yes. A hundred percent. But oh, we love those topics. On this oh, podcast. you do. I love calling them hippie dippy <laughs> and saying that they're woo woo. But, um, there is something to it. So like I had a bucket list my freshman year and i put on my bucket list that i wanted to study at oxford and like who would have thought that that you know what i mean that could have happened um but because i looked at it like every single day just because i spent like two seconds to write it down like it actually it came true you know yeah that's uh like i had talked on a previous podcast about the a letter to money i'm not sure if uh, you've heard of this i'm not sure but i've money. i know do you mean like writing out like a bill, a check for yourself dear, for the future? Not a check. Dear money. <laughs> you put a new pigeon your yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll try it out. You go, dear money. Okay. On this day, I didn't even notice you. Oh, we had, had the same day. one, I think. Yeah. Holy. Damn, damn son. Look at that law of attraction right there, dude. Yeah. Like you go, dear money. On some arbitrary, some date that you choose. Yeah, yeah. On July four, you know, seventh, twenty twenty nine. I will have 
$400,900 in my bank. Yeah. And like you kind of just say, and you don't have to set the date. You can do whatever you want. But what you do is you say the amount of money that you mm-hmm. that you w- want to have, that you yeah. will have, that you need to have. And then you will say, I will do everything possible in my power to <laughs> You're achieve like, this money. You're money. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. To achieve this money. But I will not deceive or hurt anybody in the process to get this money. Right. Oh. And so... I'll be honest. It's a cool idea. Did I fall, f- go through with it? No, I yeah. did it for like a month though. And you know, it's kind of those one of those things where now I might I have other examples of law attraction actually like working. Yeah, but, you know, it's step one, and then you got to do all the work to get there, right? Like you have to apply and you have to do like it's not like yeah. you wrote that, that the Oxford thing down. Yeah. It happened like you yeah. did all the work to get to get there too. Yeah. Now there's a little bit of fate in there too, and there's a little bit of chance and luck and other things like that. But it's not the point of it is not the outcome. Mm-hmm. The point of it is not having that dollar amount in your bank account on that date. That's yeah. not the point. The point is doing it. Mm-hmm. The point is be staying dedicated to it because if you remind yourself and I believe that like within the law of attraction and I'm not saying the law of attraction is real. I think what's more real is your subconscious. Yeah. And I think you can tell yourself you kind of get to Freud, right? You look through the yeah. eye, the id, the ego, yeah, all these yeah. different things. You can kind of tell your super ego or your subconscious or whatever you want to call it yeah. what you want and there's processes happening in the background that are going to make things happen mm-hmm. in a certain way yeah that me explaining that proves absolutely nothing that this works <laughs> that this is even real yeah. but i think there's something to it yeah i think there definitely could be um i think it's it has a lot to do with habits too um are you big on habits i guess so yeah i think i think there's a you know what i mean there's a lot to habits um there's I think the author of Atomic Habits. Have you heard of? I haven't I've, gotten I've read to the a book, book called the, like the Power of Habit. It's one of the. I've read yeah okay. Charles Duhigg. Charles, that's Duhigg. a really good book. Amazing book. Yeah, there's. I think it's called Tiny Habits, and he talks about how a lot of people won't like say their their dentist tells them to floss their teeth. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people like don't start because they think it's just such a big barrier to cross. But all he says is just start with one tooth <laughs> and just floss that one tooth. Um, so I think there's a lot there. And you know what I mean? Like if I end up becoming a doctor, which I really hope I do, um, there's a lot of like habit that I would want to like encourage my pa- patients to adopt. So like a lot of like when we think about like healthy diets and healthy eating, a lot of people just get like, I guess thrown off course because they think oh i can't do this i can't switch to the vegetarian diet um but if you just sm- start small you're eat one carrot eat one carrot or like eat one i don't even know something even smaller important point i think within that is yeah people try to do everything they try to change their life mm-hmm. worst thing you can do is try to change your life right now yeah because you can't yeah yeah you don't change your life now yeah you change your life by doing little bit right now just a little bit and then tomorrow you do a little bit and the next day you do a little bit it's not the amount it's the consistency that's exactly right and back to like diets i think the vast vast majority i don't know the exact statistics on it vast majority of people who start like weight watchers whatnot just gain the weight back um but those who succeed in keeping the weight off um or at least adopting healthier lifestyles are those that 
just you know, build that consistency, build those habits. And then there, this is the thing too. Yeah, if you think a diet plan is going to make you healthy, then you're probably right, but only for a small period of time. Mm-hmm. Once it's over, what do you think is going to happen? Like if you yeah. don't have, if you are relying on something to keep you healthy, yeah, and it's not you, <laughs> yeah, then that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a problem like it's not going to work it's a problem in the fact that it's not going to last yeah so like that's what i can like i came to that with weightlifting like i came to that with working out because i would go i would do plan after plan after plan i would do diet after yeah. diet after diet or habits too i would do habit after habit after habit and whatever those habits are you know um and i would realize that like i just tried a bunch of stuff but you know, and the things that work for me stuck, right? Like yeah. meditation stuck. Cold yeah. showers didn't stick. Yeah, I did cold showers. Working out in the morning, I did work out in the morning. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. The things that work for me stuck. Yeah. But if I never even tried them, yeah. You know, but then the second step was those things that did stuck. On the yeah. days that they suck, yeah, I kept doing them because I knew that they do they do work for me. Yeah. You know, but yeah, yeah. That's that's um. Wow. Important. I don't know where we started here. <laughs> it's called the podcast. It's called the podcast for a reason. Yeah. So yeah, man. But wow. uh, yeah, it's it's not. There is no. Um, I don't know. But this is, dude, this is the thing. People want the easy way. Like that's the mm-hmm. problem. People want like, okay, can I do this diet and just say whatever, do whatever you say, and then I'm gonna be yeah. jacked. Yes. They go yes, and then the person goes, all right, sweet. That's what I want. Yeah. They get to the end, and the guy's like, all right, man, like sounds good. Like yeah. you know, hopefully, if you have a trainer or whatever, they stick with you. Yeah. But then it, the second you don't have that trainer anymore, what do you think is going to happen? Because yeah, yeah, you yeah. not you're not a trainer. Yeah. So you know that's oh that's where I was coming to with the working out thing. I started to develop my own. I have always been doing my own workout plans, but like I tried a bunch of workout plans. And then I just now I do my own because I have to be my trainer. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go and obviously, and am I like am, am I in the gym every day? No. Like am I just grinding? You know, crazy? No. There's I could always be better, right? But I just realized that I have to be the person that's putting this in motion. You know, yeah. like if you're just relying yeah. on one thing, it's yeah, be tough. You know, it's not gonna last. So. Yeah, I'm just thinking now, like, a lot of what I learn, like, crosses over into, like, other, I guess, parts of my life. Um, So, I'm working with a lot of uh, students now. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Smooth transition. Uh, uh, But we're doing a lot of, um, so I work with them, I help them, like, create scholarships, um, and a lot of like with scholarships and things people think oh i need to apply to like the ten thousand dollar scholarships what i have them do is um i have them set up like a google sheets or something like that maybe i'll have them set up a notion you know um, you should get sponsored by notion i think it's possible it's possible let me write that down yeah write it down um in notion, <laughs> in notion. <laughs> uh, and then i'm going to send them this clip so hey guys uh i have a podcast i'll be in contact i'll be in touch yeah 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 <laughs> that's a good idea um but i have them create like a google sheets and write down like the scholarships their goals um and it doesn't have to be like a hundred thousand dollar scholarship I just say, like, before we meet next, I want you to look into five scholarships. Or when they're, like, at the next stage, I say, I want you to look in, I want you to apply for the next time we meet to two scholarships, you know? Because a lot of people say, oh, 
just think it's just way too hard but when you start small when you keep track of it when you're like meticulous about like all the little details i think that's when you like build up some momentum so let's pull up the website and yeah so what is the what is it the name everything no I, i can give it my best shot so this is something that's really important to me because I've been spending like a lot of time um, for the past year and a half on this. So it's called the College Prep Project, uh, effective last August. Um, by the IRS, we were issued a 501c3 status. I will just say, let me jump in here. That's not, it's not everybody, it's not like tomorrow you can start a 501c3. Yeah. For people who don't understand nonprofits, it's, you have to have a legitimate organization. Yeah, so it it took a while. I think the whole process, they say, takes like three to six months. Um, so even before then, we were working on this. Uh, so I would say I've been working on this for like a year and a half or something like that. Again, back to like the consistency. Uh, but what we do is we connect college students um, with high schoolers who are going through like the college application process. Um, so this has been done before um, but we're trying to like reinvent it Um, so one of the ways we reinvent that that whole um, process is we we're working with college students as the mentors who are in the thick of the process Um, they're living it out they're living it out Um, they were they they understand the anxieties and the stress that comes with the with um, the whole admissions process so that's that's one big thing. Since we're college students, we're able to like reduce the price a lot, so it's very affordable. Um, and the way we feel um, that we're like democratizing the whole education landscape and the college admissions landscape is we've established this one for one business model. Uh, so you've probably heard of like Tom's. Uh, Tom shoes. shoes. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, I don't know if they still have the business model, but what they did is they have, um, for every shoe that someone buys, a pair of shoes goes to uh, someone in, say, a developing country. Uh, so, inspired by that story, uh, we have a very similar business model. So for every student uh, who comes from a high-income family. Who we work with uh, we're dedicated to working with a low-income or underserved student for free um, so that's that's been really great um, so to date we've probably worked with around like 25 to 30 uh, students the amazing thing about working on zoom um, as crappy as it is sometimes um, is that we've been able to extend our reach a lot more so we've worked with students in Texas. Uh, we've worked with students in California. We've worked with students in um, North Carolina, New York, um, Georgia. Um, so it's been a really humbling experience to be able to work with these students um, and also work with college students who are equally or even more passionate than I am. Um, so that's kind of just like a, a little spiel, you know? How do you find people? I will just say this. I took a uh, now when people say I took a class in uh, psychology and I'm a psychologist. Yeah, I took a class in nonprofits. Now, y'all, if you think you know understand nonprofits, you don't. If you don't, yeah, unless you've really done your research on nonprofits, it's not what people think it is. It's not yeah. easy. You don't make 
as much mm. people think you know there's no money it's mm-hmm. easy you know yeah. you don't have to make money wow like there's a lot of other things there's write-offs there's not write-offs there's c4 there's c5 there's yeah. all these different types of nonprofits. and the one of the most important things in my opinion after going through this class now i had to create a nonprofit in yeah. this class too that didn't actually end up you know being a thing i had a few ideas i worked yeah. with a team and we created one that actually ended up I actually, um, I think I'm wrong there. I think it it ended up um, getting applied to be a 501c3, but I don't okay. I don't know what happened with it. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a, a arts program okay. for you know like uh, for kids in Atlantic City. Okay. Um, Wait, tell me more. Around. Like, so so uh, this guy named Kenneth Falk from Atlantic City. Okay. He's an artist, a graphic designer, yeah. graffiti art. I mean, this dude is so talented. And he w- wanted to create the um, Art Students League of Atlantic City. Okay. And because he found that there were no place, there was not a place where kids could go and just work on art and like not be judged or not be, not have to do it in an art class with all these kids that don't do art. Yeah, yeah. And like just a place where you can go and be an art student yeah. in kind of any age group and a place where your parents could 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 know, okay, from six to eight, I can drop them off so I can go get groceries or go mm-hmm. do things. So it was like a multi-purpose thing, right? These kids get a safe place to go and perform and practice their art. And then parents get a place to drop their kids off that's safe. And so he saw, he found that gap in the, the area yeah. and he put it together. And he has done things beyond the non-profit portion like he's done this in a capacity before just not in a 501c3 capacity so all of the other groups in my class who created a non-profit out of all of them he was the only one who actually made it a reality like a real non-profit and i just don't i haven't followed up with him so i'm not sure like what the stage is or status on it yeah but he's done a lot for atlantic city too and they and they made a huge like black lives matter i'm not it was on the news like a huge like black lives matter um kind of uh, mural in atlantic city like on the street and like he was part of that did you say he was in your class he was in my class at stockton it was the last class that i took yeah um in the last four or five classes that i took in my last semester of school and in that I learned, man, I learned so much about, uh, shout out to my professor too for being super thorough and him, he was, it wasn't like he was a business guy. He wasn't, yeah. he was a nonprofit guy and they're very different people. Yeah. And so he had people come in and speak about nonprofits, people who were in them, people who weren't, yeah. um, like so much value in this class. Yeah. So Kenneth, um, thanks Trey. Kenneth was part of that. That's, um, that's in DC, right? This one's in DC. There's this one's in city. Oh, yep. Okay. They, they did one in DC too. <laughs> also, I think yellow, right? Like the same colors, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They have one in New York too. Oh, really? They're in yellow, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he was he's in one of these pictures too. Um, but so yeah, he was part of that and the That's awesome. Yeah, wow. and and he was just a great dude and yeah. and uh, a g- great designer too, like great graphic artist. And I learned from the class that now, in this is just universal, true in business, true in nonprofits. But yeah. the people that you do it with is everything. If yeah. you have one person that's not dedicated to that mission, it changes a lot. Yeah. Because you're all working so hard to this one for yeah. this one thing, and it's not like a business where you get venture funding. You know, like these are our profit margins. If this, if X happens, then Y happens, right? Like if I get this much, if we sell this much, this is how much we make. We make. That's mm-hmm. not how nonprofits work. So I know Eli's a part of it, right? Yeah. So how'd you find people to be a part of this? Yeah. That's something that's definitely difficult and something that you have to think a lot about. 
Um, when you're starting off, you just kind of look around you and see like who's there, who really supports me, um, who works hard, um, and that's kind of who I gravitate towards. Um, so I know Eli. Um, I'd stayed in touch with him. He'd also went to Del Val. I don't think um, he'll care if we name drop him. It's Eli uh, Calfion, I think is how you pronounce his name. I think it's Calfian. Calfian. I could be Even pronouncing better. it wrong. What's up, Eli? <laughs> and then Nathan. Dude is rowing. I just got to say, yeah. he rows like a motherfucker. Yeah, so he's at Princeton. He's rowing there. Um, Nathan has been helping right now, too. He's also a rower at Princeton. He's actually competing for the U.S. right now. And I think he might be going to Europe. So they're incredible people. I was also working with... Uh, there's Eli. Yep. There's Eli. Shout out. Um, I was also working with, with Gracie uh, Miller. Oh, no way. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Yeah. She's on that level, you know. Um, so, uh, but I think she just got busier with school right now. But she also was, like, instrumental in helping us. Um, oh, is Maddie in it, too? Yeah, Maddie's actually working as a... You see, you know everyone, small world. Um, I know, I, 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 dude, you know me. You know. But she's she's been working. Shout out, what's up, Maddie? I haven't <laughs> talked to you in a long time, but I hope you're doing well. Yeah, no, so there's a lot of people on our team now. We have Maddie, who's helping with write the grants, so she's just started that. Uh, we have an intern right there. We just got a grant to pay her $1,500 for the summer. Um, so this these things are moving, you know, and it's, it's really gratifying to see it happen. Um, it's taking a lot of work, but it's coming together so i'm really happy dude um i just gotta say i mean like from our evolution you know um from, from djing keith and Harris, yeah, man, yeah. to kind of where we're at now and and uh you know what what you've been doing and like the thing is with us man like we try to hang out like we try but like we're both doing all these things yeah. and it doesn't matter though like we still like if i talk to you on the phone like we just chop it up like it's yeah. nothing man like it's like it was back in the day yeah. and uh it's just so it makes me really happy to see you like doing all these things and to see you helping a lot of people too it's not like you're just doing it for your own you know kind yeah. of purpose um there's a lot of helping people involved especially with that man yeah not to like hype myself up but i think this is like an important lesson that has gotten us to where we're at that i i guess i think is important for people to understand last summer i was working with like i probably met with like 25 high school students one-on-one um and we didn't really have everything established so i had made i had made money but i didn't really feel like it was like legal or ethical for me to just take that money um so this past year i i we i took that money it was probably like two thousand dollars um and we've re like we've reinvested it uh, so that's something i think if you're interested in starting a business like don't spend what you're making all at once um you have to spend money to make money so now that money it's kind of like the seed um it's allowing us to grow a little bit more it's allowing us to uh fund maddie's work um so i think i don't know that was an important lesson for me because i think there is a lot of people and me included i was like oh i really need the money i should just take it right um but playing the like the long game doing what's right investing the money back into your business um doing the paperwork <laughs> filling out the w9s uh and doing it the right way it, it'll pay off in the long run um dude i'm so with you man yeah that, <laughs> i was just gonna say i just like 
if I didn't reinvest back into my business, like yeah. it wouldn't be a thing, you know, like I, th- it's not an option. It's not, it's not yeah. like I could take this money and I can go, do you know a lot? Do you know the things that I would have bought with that money? Yeah, like, yeah. I would have a lot of things right now that I want. Yeah. And, but what, where would I be? I yeah. would be just looking at these things that I have and then I'd be in the same place with my business, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So when I think when you're leading a team or starting a business, I think you have to be the first one to take the hard path. And maybe that's not the most eloquent way to phrase it. But for example, um, some people would want to like get paid. I haven't taken like a cent from this yet, even though I'm starting to pay other people. Um, and not to like, I don't know. I think it's just like an important lesson, you know? Because I think there's so many people who think, oh, as soon as I'm bringing in money, I have to use it. I have to spend it. And I think that's where a lot of people fall off the fall off. How the do rail. businesses fail? First of all, they make too many assumptions. Yeah. They assume that what works today works tomorrow. It doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Not true. And then they 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 reap the benefits. Yeah. Like they try to like if money was the benefit, the outcome, then they try to use it for themselves. Yeah. But no, the, <laughs> a business is a person. Yeah. It's not. A business is everybody. The a business is everybody talking about that thing and making it a thing. Yeah, it's not like a thing that just gets gets you money. You know. Yeah. Especially when you're starting. So shit, I'm all with you on that, yeah. dude. But I had to learn that too, man. Because I had to learn that, like, if I was gonna be, because I'm going from right now, I'm in the transition, going from a freelancer to a business owner. Yeah. And as a freelancer, it's all my money. Like I have everything I need to be a freelancer. Mm-hmm. And I can make a good amount of money. I can yeah. do what I want. And I can live comfortably and do that. And there will be challenges, but there will not be challenges like there are with the business. And I can do that. But then once you go to the business, yeah. go- goodbye, like mm-hmm. your your toys and your stuff. That's like, yeah. obviously, you can spend money on things you love. I think that you should do that. I think everybody should do that. Yeah. Because that gives you enjoyment and things to look forward to. But... It's what are you doing then? Like mm-hmm. if you're not giving it back to the business, then the business will not give you anything else, you know. And I wanted just to say something because I've been watching like, um, a lot of I'm trying like I, there's a lot I don't know, especially when it comes to nonprofits. So I do a lot of like reading, a lot of watching like different videos to learn more. Um, and something that I watched like re- really resonated with me, um, is. If you're like starting a business or a nonprofit, especially a nonprofit, and you're paying your employees minimum wage or below minimum wage, like what are you doing for society? You're disenfranchising the people who are working for you, so you're not doing any good. You know what I mean? Um, so I think you have to be willing to, um, I guess, pay people fairly. Give what you get. Give what, what you, you get. get yeah. Give. Yeah, and I will say this. I think Warren Buffett said it. When you have a job, you should either learn or you should earn. Yeah. But both is best. There's yeah. no pro, nothing wrong working for free. I've worked for free a lot, but I learned. Yeah. If there's somebody working for me and they want to learn, but they're working for free, I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Because they're learning. They're learning something from the source, from mm. somebody who they go, they could call up and go, "Hey, man, I yeah. have this question." So that's more valuable than money sometimes yeah but what you're saying is if you took all the money and didn't give it to people yeah 
But think about it. That business doesn't last, though. Yeah. That's how business go in debt. I've worked for companies like this, you know? So I've seen it. I've seen what happens when you don't pay people or you don't pay them well enough yeah. or you don't feel like... Or you don't even show them you care. Like, that's not yeah. even money-related. Full circle moment right now. Let's go. This comes way back to, like, role models. I remember DJing at that one, like, mansion <laughs> where we always oh, yeah. talk about it. Um, and... We got like, I don't know, it was either a $100 or $200 tip. And I think since we were young, I think my dad was there driving the car for us. And I told him we got the tip and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with the money. Like maybe I could have kept it for myself, but he's like, you, you should really pay Sully, like give him half of it. That's what's fair. And even though you were like working at like, I don't know, 25% commission, like that's the right thing to do. Even though it's it's not benefiting you the most, like that's what you need to do. So it comes down to role models. Um, it comes down to just like values and lessons. Do you remember that at I all? Remember yeah. that. So I remember that. That was my see. That was me learning. Yeah. That was my dad too. <laughs> you have to realize. Yeah. You know. And that is full circle, and that comes back to it. And man, it's like if you. If you do the self-check that one time, mm -hmm. you're not going to have that that doubt again. Like, you're never yeah. going to say, I could keep this tip. Yeah. You're not going to ever say that again to yourself. You're going to... It's lesson learned, man. Yeah. Like, you're always going to split that tip then. Yeah. You know? Um, you're not going to make excuses. or. But if you would have taken that tip, maybe every time you... Well, last time I took it. Yeah. So I took it this time. Right? So, just that first time, man. And that's... And, man, we... <laughs> that's crazy i didn't even yeah. think about that we learned so much from that experience yeah. and then we're still using the lessons today and i'm trying to like i think we're passing on the lessons too with you doing this podcast there's been students i've worked with um like there's this one student in north carolina we had like he was just the awesome kid and he's like i have a t-shirt business i'm working on this i don't know if i really should keep it up um, even though we were supposed to be talking about like college admissions and stuff like that, we were talking about like the business side of things and he's like, Oh, I don't know. And I was, I was telling him like the most that you're going to learn is like not inside the classroom necessarily. It's like what you do outside the class, outside of the classroom with that business. So even if it's not going anywhere, even if it's just like a t-shirt business, you sell to like two of your friends, like just invest time in it, into it and see where it goes. Um, so yeah <laughs> if you don't have money you have time yeah use it yeah yeah where can people find you if they want to talk to you um i have an instagram i guess that works um it's just ethan libros so my first and last name um everything in the show notes by the way for people in listening the show notes okay sweet yep. um trying to think what else the college prep project yeah all in the show notes yep yeah so just reach out through the college prep project i think you have my instagram there where do is. what do people normally do they give their emails or do they do no just instagram, just like instagram yeah. it's cool we just okay. give you your give them your at okay um but yeah they can find it wow dude your site is really nice oh really that. yeah you have the calendly integration right there we just put that on our site oh too. yeah yeah i appreciate that shout out to lauren for putting that on our site too hell yeah 
Yeah, no. There you go. It's right there. There we go. Libros, I hate to cut cut it short, man. I, I could go another three hours with you, and yeah. you're definitely going to be back on here, but I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, I'm happy I appreciate to be here. It. Yeah, happy awesome, here. man. So I just got to say, um, you know, shout out to the team, man. Shout out to Trent being here. Shout out to Brandon for the video. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to Ryan Kelly, too. Actually, I forgot him last time. Shout out to Ryan Kelly for redesigning our logo. Um, you know, it takes a team. It takes a lot of people uh, to put these things together and um also just shout out to everybody watching and listening and just keeping this happen making this happen i will announce right now that uh we are going to have a uh a subscription model too for, mm. for bonus content uh and just offering a lot of value and i'm definitely going to talk to you about that too um you know kind of after the show but this is uh this is where we got some momentum going on here and we're just gonna let's just see where it goes man. And, and uh you know that's really it so yeah. i'm gonna do my spiel you know me ryan sullivan also known as sully bop it's s-u-l-o-y-b-o-p on all platforms sully bop sullybop.com for the extended show notes more information about what i do and all the guests as well and uh as you guys know we're on all platforms even the ones nobody uses ethan mm. libros thank you so much for being here man. thanks really for having it. me thanks for having me Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Bobcast. I hope you got a ton of value from that episode. I know I did. If you could, I would please encourage you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, that is the best way uh, to gain new listeners and grow and rank on the platform so new people can listen to the podcast. So if you do have a minute, um, probably less than a minute, maybe 30 seconds of your time uh, to leave us a review, uh, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure to visit sodabeats.com. It's the best way to make beats online right now easiest way uh, you can use them uh, for profit use uh, uh, no royalty fees or anything like that and uh, you get to keep the beat forever and do whatever you want with it it's great so more at sullybop.com video version on youtube you guys know the deal thank you so much i'm ryan sullivan this has been another episode of bobcast i'll see you guys on the next one this beat is by jello beats